everyone, and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is a show where we take a K-drama, we watch it two episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched, uh, we didn't watch anything this week. What am I saying? We're doing our bonus episode. It's a bonus, bonus! week. Yeah, thank goodness. I kept thinking we were supposed to watch something. I also didn't research anything. So I uh, came completely unprepared. Here we are. I researched so minimally that I feel like I should say I also didn't research, but I do have two things that we can talk about. Okay. And then we can see if that takes us on a journey or if we are going to play a really long game of Who's That Face. (laughs) And it'll be just the... I think we could also spend time recapping our feelings on the series. Yeah, because I I do have a few things to to say about just the series as a whole, and if anybody's like, I never watched thirty nine, but I wanted to hear the the bonus episode, the full recap from Play on K, what they thought. Hopefully, they can find that buried in this episode somewhere. Yeah, yeah, we have some overall feelings, but um, but yeah, I think a little little column A, little column B, and we'll see where we're at at the uh, yeah. the end of. Of what we're doing. Um, the first of the two very small things that I found was a, um, it was a, an interview with the writer of oh, 39. Nice. Yeah, it's a really short article. I found it just on Soompi. Um, and it was published February 9th of 2022. And, um, I, so something that, man, I feel like we talked about this. And I have a weirdly selective goldfish memory where uh, uh, we'll say something and then I'll later present it as new information. And then I'll look back and I'll be like, ah, shoot, that might have been one of those things. I have like an infinite repository in my brain for things like names and faces, like little collectible information that feels like it's easily categorized. And then there's Mm -hmm. other information that, uh, I can't remember, you know, like, something that happened in my real life last week or something, you know? Uh Um, And this is one of those things where I feel like maybe we talked about this, but I didn't know when I read it, uh, either through forgetting or it's the first time I read it, that this, uh, the writer also wrote Encounter. What? Yeah. That has very similar vibes. Very similar vibes. I can tell that this writer does a lot of um, kind of slow stuff. Like, she she does like a... Yeah, okay, okay. I think I looked her up too, and I got stuck on her latest movie. Will you remind me what it was called? Her most recent movie? There's a couple of fairly recent ones. but It's the the 1982 one. Yeah, Kim Ji Young, born 1982. Okay, because I was reading about that one. I thought it was really interesting because, if I'm not mistaken, all of the lead actresses in 39 were born in 1982. And so they were around 39 when the show started filming. And I thought that was super neat. Or, yeah, show started filming. That was super cute, super neat that they're all actually 39, playing 39-year-olds. And then I saw that this writer had written a very similar movie about this woman who was also born in 1982, so around the same age, maybe a couple years younger. And um, it was about her kind of slowly becoming 
all of the people around her, like her mom and her sisters and just all of these people. She's like, I'm I'm growing up and I'm starting to just mirror everybody else in my life. And it's such an eerie phenomenon to just become all of these people who surround you. And I thought it was like supposed to be a really beautiful kind of touching. I don't actually know. My my vibe check was that it was very similar to 39. But it starred the two, if I'm not mistaken, it stars the two leads from Train to Busan, which was also cool. Let me check. I have it right here. And it looks like, that looks correct to me. It's got Gong Yu in it. And the other actress, her name is Jung Yu Mi. And it looks like, sorry, I'm just doing a quick scan. Yep, she was also in Train to Busan. You are yeah. correct. Yeah, I that's pulled really it up cool. and I didn't know that. I am not. This is not me. This is Asian Wiki coming through again because it has. <laughs> I finally pulled up Kim Ji Young, born nineteen eighty two, and in the notes it says Jung Yu Mi and Gong Yu previously starred together in movies Silenced and Train to Busan. Mm. I was like, what? They just keep doing stuff together, and it's awesome and amazing. And yeah, it's cool that this movie had a very similar vibe and then almost it feels like it almost got turned into a tv show yeah that's interesting because it does mention that in the article she had originally written this as a movie and i'm wondering if she when she actually ended up getting it for a show and she kind of you know rewrote it as a show um if maybe she still took a lot of the aspects that she had set up for the movie and like kind of branched off in like almost two different directions with it but but still similar ideas and sentiments like can i do a short version and a long version yeah why not yeah um, i like that a lot and i am interested in seeing that especially because i think what's interesting about this is that not knowing that she had done encounter um i what drew me to this show, to be honest, was it was like one major thing and one minor thing. And the major thing being the casting. The casting looked really awesome. Yeah, for sure. Which is kind of what draws me into that other movie as well, right? Where it's like, the casting is phenomenal. We know that we love those actors. We know that we've loved them in other movies, that they do a spectacular job. Um, and then, yeah, like that kind of sub-reason coming in still that is still very present where it's like, uh, it's interesting to act like I know shit about shit, uh, when I am, <laughs> uh, 29, but I, I think it's that being kind of at that pivotal moment before my next decade of life where all of these shows about being on that, you know, like that turning point is very interesting to me, even if I am not personally 39. I'm still kind of at that moment where I'm like about to to change uh, into into a new season, a new decade, whatever that means. And it's interesting to watch these shows about that that um, help me to feel present, I guess, in that that turning moment, in this turning moment. Yeah, yeah. I think you really liked that about because this is my first life as well. Yes. I loved that where it felt very, um, it helped me feel very present in the season that I was in in my life. She was also 
29. Maybe I need to rewatch that before I turn 30. Or maybe she just oh, turned yeah. 30. So maybe it's more of like a 30-year-old show, but I don't know. Probably doesn't matter. Can't watch it till you're 30. Can't watch it till I'm 30, I guess. Save it. Yeah, I feel like I haven't felt that in my life yet. So I didn't connect with because this is my first life in the same way as you have described before. And I didn't really connect with 39 in that way. I can appreciate it, but I don't think I I felt connected to it. It was just a good show. I think I tend to feel very um, sentimental about the passage of time and where I am at in it. Uh, I don't know. It it kind of sucks. Like, it's not a great feeling to suddenly feel very nostalgic for a time that has left. And so it makes me want to be as present as possible in whatever moment that I'm in because of that, like, sentimentality. I, like, don't want to feel like I have um, watched something pass me by too quickly. I It comes maybe um, from a lot of different things, because I'm not saying that you only feel this way when you have a great childhood, because I think we both had pretty pretty good... I, I won't speak for you. I assume that we both I had did. pretty good child... Yeah, I had a really yeah. good childhood. I know that you, you know, have had a good childhood. Um, but I think that uh, there have been periods of time when it occurred to me in a really, really weird way that... It, it should have been obvious, but it wasn't. That I can never go back there again to that really like beautiful, lovely childhood that I had that I'm so grateful for. Um, and sometimes when things are hard, I find myself longing for. And so it makes me very, very sentimental about the time that I am in, where I'm, I think about it and I think maybe this will be a time that I long for and I won't... Um, I, I will wish that I had been more present as, you know, like as I, as the season turned from 29 to 30 or four or 39 to 40 and so on and so forth. And so I like these shows that are very coming of age, very, um, present. And this is my, my life in this moment kind of m- movies and shows and stuff. I, I, I get very attached to them. Um, I, I did find myself a little less connected to this than because this is my first life. I didn't relate to it as much so much as I appreciated it for being that kind of sentimental about a time in life idea. That's so interesting. Cause I feel like I do the same thing, especially here in Tokyo where I'm like, I'm so poor and things are so hard and I just want it to be done. But I constantly remind myself like you will be done and then you'll look back on all the cool things that you just take for granted and you'll miss that and I think it's especially poignant having a baby and being like she's only gonna be this age for this long so like appreciate it don't keep longing for a different time but I think instead of longing for the past like you do, or like these shows do, I often long for the future. Like, I'm just so excited by the great unknown being like, I don't know where I'm going to go next. I don't know what I'm going to do or what my life's going to look like. And I love that. And it's, I could go anywhere and do anything. And that's where I get my excitement. I don't usually fall into like nostalgia or thinking too much about going back to the past. But So maybe that's why I don't, I have that kind of disconnection where I'm like, 
cool, I can appreciate this nostalgia, this longing for a different time, but mine feels very different. It's like a, yeah, different sides of the same coin. Yeah, yeah, it's, it is very, it's completely opposite types of longing, but yeah, still that, that longing for, you know, something. And yeah, it, that longing and how we also react to it. Cause yeah, yours is excitement versus mine being nostalgia, which makes me very, um, I, maybe overly, I want to say introspective of, you know, the current moment and, and where I'm at and stuff. And, you know, I, maybe I dwell on it, but also, yeah, I guess that's why I like the shows that are so, um, about that. But I like that. I think that's very interesting. Sometimes I wish I could be more excited about the future. Sometimes I don't think about the future at all because I'm too worried about like emailing a customer at my job back or whatever. Yeah, which it like is to say I think you've described it well of this nostalgia has this beauty but it also has this longing that's incurable. You can't go back, but it's so beautiful to think on it. And thinking of the future, longing for the future has this excitement embedded into it, but it also comes with like a crushing sense of overwhelm and like a lack of preparation that is also incurable. So it's not a perfect fix. Uh, I think like we've both said, probably focusing on the future, being very present is the fix that we need, but it's hard to do. It's hard to be present all the time, and it's definitely hard to, to send emails. Still my New Year's resolution. Still not good at it. <laughs> We're getting the every day a little bit better. Um, One more email every day. There were, it's not a long article, so I hesitate to read too much of it because then I will just have read the whole article. But before we leave off on this article from the writer, there were two parts of it that I really, really loved that when she was talking about the show. Um, so the first one was, um, when I was in my early 20s, 30 looked quite cool. I thought I'd be looking forward to it once I turned 29. However, once I turned 30, it wasn't any different. Just living in and of itself was tiring and exhausting, and I wasn't particularly <laughs> feeling any new emotions. I thought 30 is too early of an age to have become something already. It's an age where you have to keep fighting on, which is like, that's so interesting. And I think that there are um, nuances there that don't get directly translated, but... I thought that, that was so interesting um, that I got so hyped over this show about like being 39 because I'm 29. And she's like, ah, there's actually not that big of a difference. 20s <laughs> and 30s, same same shit. <laughs> but how how old is the writer? Do you know? Uh, she does talk about that. So um, let's see. Let me kind of skip ahead so I don't read the whole article. Um, mm -hmm. I think 40 is the age where you're tempted for 365 days. I want to dra draw out 39, the age right before that, when you're full of nerves. Uh, now that I'm 49 and 50 is right ahead of me, 39 is youth too. Well, okay, that's super cool. Because I thought it'd be really funny if she was like, I'm 38 now and 40 feels like it's going to be the big one. I was <laughs> let down the first time around. 29 to 30 was no good. Fell flat. 39 to 40 is going to be it. This it's going to be Liddy. And you're like, oh, 
That's funny. Yeah, it also she's didn't, like, it might not turn out. But no, she's she has yeah. been through it. So she is writing kind of based on her own experience. Um, and then this was the last thing that I am, I'm obsessed with this because I fully, fully agree with uh, kind of what she was conveying. And um, we can talk about maybe how it was conveyed in the show, but she said, uh, I once read this in a book, that happiness from buying a new car or a house expires a lot faster than expected. It also said that unhappiness from bad relationships runs deep and lasts a long time. Perhaps what can give us the most energy when we're enduring tough times is not money or prestige, but warm and honest conversation with those around us. Whether I'm terminally ill or adopted, and whether I do or do not have a presence, I think a sincere relationship is most important. Oh my god. Was that lack of presence at our Juhi? Um, I guess so. I didn't think about that when I first read it. <laughs> but now that you say that, that might be what she was saying. <laughs> I mean, it's not. it's a very tactful way to put it, but... <laughs> It's hard because I think you and I have both decided we are Juhi, so yeah. it's hard not to be like, you, you what? You said what about Juhi? She's are you like, kidding? Whether or not you're an impressive, cool, or delightful person who makes an impact when you walk into the room, even if nobody notices you ever at all, <laughs> you can still be <laughs> 40. And it's yeah. like, wait, what? Okay. Thank you. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, I do want to talk about that. Actually, for sure. Because um, I will say, before we leave off of that, I fully agree with the sentiment that um, I think it's really, really lovely when people uh, acknowledge that maybe the best part about life is the sincere relationships. Because I think that's my favorite part, too, is the sincere relationships I've built with the people that I love. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, let's talk about Juhi and how dirty <laughs> they did her <laughs> constantly. Um, Maybe I even identify with that. Like, maybe I even identify with not having a presence, right? But even then, I just, I don't know. I just feel like they did her so, so dirty. They did her so dirty. And... Like, and they, tr I don't know. I feel like that last sentence where they're like, she just didn't have a presence. I definitely, a joke. I took it the wrong way. But maybe there's something there to being like, some people just don't light up a room and that's okay, and she can still be a person who is so deeply loved by a lot of people, and she can still find a boyfriend that she's been dreaming of and open her own business and quit her job in the coolest way. And so, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say they completely did her dirty, because there were some things in there that were like, Juhi's really cool, but yeah, it's, it's hard. To feel like the other two got so much spotlight and so much love in this show. And then they were like, and he's also here. And she's doing stuff and things, but she doesn't <laughs> have a presence. And I guess that's the thing, right? Is that maybe that's what gets to me about it, is that that is her thing. Because I don't think that that is her thing. I think that she does have a presence because you don't have to be... Like you said, you don't have to have all these shiny things about you or light up a room to to have a presence to someone, right? To to mean to I I don't necessarily light up every I literally before we 
started the actual episode and our like bonus content on Patreon, if you're listening to this on Spotify or something, I talked about how I have been wearing the same sweater for three days and I never leave the house anymore, <laughs> right? So it, I'm not... I'm fairly certain that I don't have maybe the light up a room that I walk into presence, but I like to think that I have the kind of presence that uh, maybe I light up my boyfriend's room. That that was painfully um, cheesy, but, you know, maybe I light up his room <laughs> or like, you know, like you light up my room. I'm always excited to talk to you. So it's, I just think that that's a stupid thing to give to someone because it's inaccurate because they're like someone every person's voice is someone's favorite voice you know someone's favorite voice so just because they don't have a presence generally because they're not a dermatologist who is one of two golden children of a wealthy family that adores them endlessly or like an actress whose boyfriend slash ex-boyfriend has been so obsessed with her for so long that he literally cannot bring himself to leave her and just wants to care for her. And, you know, and they're super attached to each other. Doesn't mean that her voice isn't um, her boyfriend's favorite voice or whatever, or her mom's and that she doesn't have a presence to them. Yeah. And it's hard because I feel like that might be the point. It might be like, like we had that big moment where she says, where he says to me, Joe, I feel like our relationship is going to change when Chan Young dies because it feels like you two love each other a lot more than you love me. And I wish it had been so much more clear of like, I will make so much of an effort for it not to because maybe you don't realize it, but you light up my room sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't. And obviously it's it's more realistic to not have that big moment where both of them burst into tears and go, no, I love you so much. You, maybe you just don't realize it, but I love you so much. And it's like, that would have been really beautiful and heartwarming. And I I wish it could have been a, a rainy night confession where Mijo shows up at Juhi's house crying and says like, you just said the dumbest thing and I love you so much and I hate that you thought this would be different because I love you and you can't take that away from me. And it's like, just give me the drama. Make it more dramatic because Juhi needs to know that she lights up the room for, for one person. Yeah. She for lights her two up best room. friends. <laughs> for her two freaking best friends that you made the whole show about three best friends and then you'd be like, but two of them like each other more? Like, why? Why would you do that? And it's confirmed because they they straight up at the very, very end of Chan Young's life had her have this conversation about how she was much more worried about Mijo. And I guess we could take that as a she has a lot more confidence that Juhi will pull through. But also, I didn't feel like they conveyed that with their actions or words very well. Yeah, it kind of just felt like. I don't really have the energy to think about both of you, so I've chosen the one who is much more dramatic. Like, yeah, you made a good choice, because we saw a lot of very dramatic moments from Mijo. But also, could you not be like, I don't know, just that moment, yeah, where she gives, where Chanyoung gives Juhee the two boxes, and is like, give this one to Mijo when she starts having a hard time. Could it not have been more of a moment for her to also, like, before giving the Mijo box, give Juhi a, a present and be like, 
I got this for you to remember me by because our relationship is very special to me. You are very special to me and I love you so much. I also got another one for me, Joe. Will you give this to her later? Like, there's nothing. It was just like, here's two boxes. One's for you. Forget about that. It doesn't really matter. One's for me, Joe, who I love. (laughs) Will you tell her I love her? (laughs) And... Mijo also gets a recording, and maybe Juhi did, but I wanted to see it. I wanted to see the the important oh, things that, that nice. she wanted to say to Juhi, that she wanted to comfort Juhi when she was gone. But instead yeah. it was like, you get a bracelet, Mijo definitely also gets a recording when she needs it most. I don't know about you, you'll be fine. <laughs> I think you'll be fine. Like it... Because we didn't get a lot of those connections, even between Chan Young and Juhi's mom, that we got with Mijo. Where I feel like Mijo is really affectionate with Juhi's mom, mm-hmm. and Chan Young was just like, "Yep, you, I've got parents. You've got parents." And it would have been really <laughs> cute if, yeah, she, even if her video message had been like, "Take care of your mom. Make sure she gets her medical checks every year." And make sure you get your medical checks every year. And, like, I love you so much. I wish we could have grown all together. Something. Give us anything. Literally anything. Any indicator (laughs) that we as viewers can see that we aren't treating Juhi like a second-class citizen (laughs) in her best friendship. In her own show. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. We We picked a bad one to be most related to to be like that one represents us and then she just gets <laughs> kind of the short end of the stick the entire show yeah she gets pretty shafted <laughs> i keep saying that uh <laughs> i can't think of a better word <laughs> <laughs> it's okay we'll go with it um so the only other thing that i do have is not i i didn't delve as deeply into it because the article was much longer <laughs> oops um i did read through it though it is an interview with chan young uh so the actress's name is jian mito and uh how really the only thing the main takeaway that got me really excited is that um she they they actually became friends she talks about how she has so much affection for the other two actresses And uh, how they actually became friends, and none of them saw the finale because they were all at Sonia Jin's wedding. And and Jung Mido said that she and um, the actress who played Juhee is named uh, Jihyun. And both she and Jihyun were crying at Sonia Jin's wedding. And she said, I felt like we were marrying a friend, like marrying off a friend we had been friends with since high school. Uh, when I saw her in a wedding dress, I was in tears. Chan Young in the pl- uh, in the show wants to send Mijo to marriage. It felt even more strang- strange. Yijin said, "You must be crazy. Why are you crying?" <laughs> Which is so Aww. perfect to be like that. Feels like an interaction with all of them, and I just love yeah. that they got a friendship out of uh, this show about friendship. Oh, that is so cute. Because, yeah, I don't know anything about the world of acting. I assume it could be hit and miss of, like, you really enjoyed working with someone, but you never really see them again. Or you 
kind of hated working with them and hoped to never see them again or you were just you were just serious you just took the did the work and said goodbye and that's fine no hard feelings no good feelings and it is heartwarming to be like there's also a case for people to be like we are going to be best friends forever we loved this yeah that's i so feel like cute. I could never be an actor because I have this thing where I try and make friends with all of my coworkers constantly. So mm-hmm. it would I devastate mean, me to leave any of them behind and say goodbye ever at the end of a show. Right? And you think drama kids, drama adults oh aren't like that? They've they gotta must be, like be that. right? There's got to be at least one. There's dozens of us. Dozens. Dozens. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, oh, it's cute when it works out, when it's a three-way mutual we like each other yeah oh that's so cute oh should we play a quick round of who's that face and then give our give our ratings and stuff yeah let's do it um let me get to the right page uh do you do you have are you ready for who's that face is there someone whose face you want to do first (laughs) no (laughs) um (laughs) <laughs> There's a couple that we've already done. There's a couple that we already know that yeah. we got them right off the bat. Uh, Sonia Jin is obviously um, Cha Mido, and she was in. She's been in a million things, but most notably, Crash Landing on You is a show that we've done for the show for our uh, podcast. Um, similarly, Jeon uh, Mido was Jung Chung Young, and she has also been in. Hospital Playlists 1 and 2. Oh, got our hearts in that one. Yep. Yep. She sold me. I, I've i loved her ever since. We've been best friends ever <laughs> since. She doesn't know it. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Lee Tae-hwan was Park Hyung-jun, and he was the bodyguard in W that I was in love with when we first started watching K-dramas. We brought that up pretty quickly. Yeah. Um... Namgi A is everyone's mom, but also Juhi's mom in this show. But she's oh. been uh, she's been dozens of moms. Everyone's mom. Yeah. And we love her for it. She's just a good mom. Yeah. I think that Lee Jihyun, who was Chan Young's mother, also has been uh several moms that we've seen in the past. I think so too. Like less recognizable, but still a mom. Yeah. Um that said, maybe we can play Who's That Face with some less familiar faces, but that's also, it feels like a gamble, where I'm like, what if we cannot find, yeah, we have not seen anything, at least for the podcast, we have not watched anything that Juhi's actress Kim Ji Hyun has been in. Ah, uh, that makes sense, because I didn't recognize her. Yeah, I... she felt like a new face. She's been in some big yeah. stuff, like, or big-ish stuff, stuff I've heard of, like Hometown Cha-Cha-Cha. Oh, yeah. Which I need to put on our potential watches in the future, because I am interested. Me too. It looks very cute. Mm -hmm. And it's got our favorite actress, whose name is not coming to me, but you know. Yeah, I do know. It's Shin Mina. Mina. Yeah. Uh, She was in Oh My Venus. Star of Oh My Venus, maybe one of the only shows we watched in, but we love her. <laughs> yeah, we loved her from first sight also. She's been our best friend ever since. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <gasps> K 
Can I tell you, I clicked on Park Ji-il, who played Mijo's dad, and he's in he's in just a lot of stuff. I keep scrolling and scrolling. Anything we've seen? I didn't recognize him. Oh, Legend of the Blue Sea, which we need to see, but we haven't yet. I'm uh, working my way yeah. up to it on the TikTok. Yeah, that's because nope. that is a drama that... You got it. You have to know this one. God, it's the only thing I have, and I can't do it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Lee Min Ho. Lee Min Ho. Jeez Louise. Yes, that's a Lee Min Ho drama. Yes. So I'm working my way up to it. <gasps> okay. Sorry, I'm just like all over the place. Can I tell you another one that is surprising how long it is? How long this this rap sheet is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, who, who's who been in a million things? Jin Suk's son, oh. Juwon. Okay. Who is like, I don't know, he's born in 2013, so he's what, nine? Yeah, he's just a ba- little baby. Literal, literal baby. Has been in like two dozen shows? Including Hometown Cha 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 and 18 again and Mystic Pop-Up Bar. Um. Dude. Song Minji, who was the wife that we hated, mm-hmm. she was in Hospital Playlist also. <gasps> what did she do? She was someone's mom in episode okay. nine. Oh, I bet that was a painful one. Yeah. The moms in that show really got screwed over. Yep. They went through it. They went through it. That show Sorry, is- shafted, as Raquel said. Yeah, shafted, as we say here at Play on K. <laughs> shafted is the official term for when someone in the K-drama gets dealt a bad turn. Yep, yep. <gasps> Guess who else is a mom in Hospital Playlist? Um, who? Tell me more. It's the lady who runs the orphanage. Kong oh. Shim is her real name. What? What? That she also got shafted. Yeah, it says she's just a voiceover, so I bet it's even worse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that... No, it says Che Sung Hwa's mom. Is that one of the doctors? Yeah, it totally is. Okay, so the lady who played Chan Young, her mom in Hospital Playlist, who I think is only heard over the phone. Oh, yeah, is the orphanage director. She's the orphanage director. That's interesting. Crazy. Yeah, because she has like back problems or something. No, Song Hwa had. Bo- anyway, spoilers, so we won't we won't get into it. But I don't even remember it. I can't spoil anything. I have no <laughs> memory, but I did recognize her name, which I'm pretty proud of. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I'm impressed because I thank you could not remember that. Um, no one else has been anything. This is actually, like, a pretty slow game of who's that face. (laughs) Right? It's hard, because I feel like I click on people and they've been in a ton of things, but I've never seen any of them. So I'm like, this feels like my bad. (gasps) Okay, I'll give you one that's very scrolly. It's kind of all the way down at the bottom of the cast list. It's the guy who is in, like, one episode as the creditor who comes to Mijo's clinic to collect for her mom from prison. Wow, spoilers for this show if you haven't if you haven't watched 39. There's episode like freaking 12 for you. Yeah. Um he's in a million shows. Damn. Do you think he's a creditor in every single one? He just shows up and asks for money in every drama. <laughs> this guy gets it. Yeah. Um oh, I found one. 
I found something cool. We've we've caught we've caught a face. Yes, we caught one. What is it? Who is Yun, it? Yun Wu Jin, um, who played. Damn, it's hard to play. Who's that face when my whole brain is just gone? He's Xian Yu uh, in Thirty Nine. Oh, okay. He has been in another Miss O. Oh, what? Yeah, I don't remember much about that show. I remember. I remember. The lady with the hair, the fantastic hair, who they did dirty the entire show. They were like, look how crazy she is. And I was like, look how beautiful she is. You guys are wrong for that. Yeah, I was obsessed with her, but I am even more obsessed. One of our listeners dressed up as her for Halloween. And uh, it literally, I've never been more excited than seeing that Halloween costume. It was so good. And it was, it was so accurate. It was so accurate. It looked so good. And it's one of those things where I'm glad she sent it to us because I hope that people saw that and knew what it was. But I feel like it's a deep cut, you know, yeah. like it's hard when people don't know your costume. And so she sent it to the right people because we genuinely so sincerely appreciated it. It was the coolest shit. It was so, so good. I will never forget that costume. Yeah, it looked really good. Um, yeah, he was just in one episode of that. He he was named. He had a name in it, uh, Kong Kite, but I don't know who that is. It's been too long since we watched another Miss O. Yeah, for real. I've skipped ahead and I'm already trying to think of who won which awards. Let's do it then, because this has been a, like... I have no clue how long this game of Who's That Face has gone on for. It feels like we came up with so little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we uh, we provided nothing, but we had a good time doing it, so... <laughs> uh, shoot. I always forget to think of awards right? throughout the drama, and then I get really bummed, because there's gotta be a at the very least, a bus stop girl in this one, right? Yeah. I, oh, God. I'm trying to think. Okay, so I do have one for the Nurse Park Award. Okay. That is our award based on Romantic Doctor Teacher Kim, where there's a nurse who's awesome, gorgeous, and very, very good at helping people, but is also willing to throw a punch if time requires it. And I think that is the orphanage director. Hell yeah. Yeah, she's absolutely a nurse park. Living angel with a little bit of a bite. We love it. Yeah. Yeah, she was very, very good. Um, I have no other nurse park nominations. I think she automatically gets the award. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Unanimous. I'm just trying to think if there were any moments that someone did something extremely great that uh, they didn't have a name, they didn't have anything about them. I I have one nomination. I don't know if it counts. I will nominate, I guess it's kind of a group nomination, I will nominate the crew who cast Chan Young in her was, first role. I was just thinking that. I was just thinking that. <laughs> And then moved up the schedule, being like, oh, this is serious. 
I feel like it would have been very easy for them to be like, we found our reporter. You're going to be great. And her to be like, I have a really huge favor to ask. We have to change the whole production schedule just for me. And then be like, we're not going to do that. You're not our lady. Um, <laughs> have fun dying, I guess. Like, I obviously, I don't know. That feels so, so sad, but so realistic. And I love them for being like, we will make this happen. Yeah. And they did. They made it happen. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, that that is an extremely good nomination. Um, And I had the same thought just as you started saying it. I was like, those guys were pretty dope. <laughs> um, But like you said, I'm sure there were so many others. Yeah, I was just trying to think if there was anyone, like, in the hospital or that she talked to at any point in time. Um, There was a really nice part where everyone that she wanted to have a meal with showed up at the same time, but that doesn't feel like bus stop girl so much as like just a generally really nice moment. Like there was no like standout moment from that, you know? Yeah. Like that whole scene wins the happy award. Yeah. But not the bus stop girl award. Yeah. I think that we have another no competition bus stop girl award goes to the group of people who <laughs> cast Cha Young. <laughs> Uh, Chan Young in the uh, the show that she got to be in. Yeah, because bus stop girls do good things for no credit. They they move on from the show after usually one scene. They're nameless. They just are there to do good deeds for our characters. And yep. uh, these guys did that. Thank you for your service. Yep. <laughs> we love it. We love Happy it. Happy Award is the, the toughest award to win because it's the dog from Goblin who died and waited for its owner to also pass so that they could be together. So so this is a big deal. Yep. This is a big deal. I don't think it's hard. We some, we often don't give out a happy award because they're just often is not a happy. Um, but I'm okay with giving it to a scene to like my favorite scene, the most heartbreaking scene. Um, in that interview with, Jian Mito, uh, they also talked about, um, or she also talked about how that was a really meaningful scene for her and one of her favorite uh, things that she, you know, lines that she's ever done in a K-drama. So I thought that was really nice. Oh, okay. The brunch scene gets it. Brunch scene takes a happy award. Those are really good awards. We had a, I'm surprised. I don't think we've ever given groups or scenes our awards yeah it's getting um, really um experimental out here with the awarding system (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's starting to feel like uh like we're giving out we're doing stickers instead of grades (laughs) at school or something Uh like this one's an upside down banana because you misspelled (laughs) definitely as defiantly but that's okay wouldn't we all wouldn't we all Upside down banana is still okay. It's just not a right side up <laughs> banana sticker. So there you go, kiddo. <laughs> it's a mess in here. Our whole our whole system is not good. <laughs> um, are you ready to rate this drama? Do you feel in your heart that you have a rating that you can give to this drama? No. I'm gonna give, <laughs> I'm gonna give 39, 39 points. Um, <laughs> just feels wrong to give it anything else. <laughs> um, do you have like a concrete are you like sure about your rating 
Mm, I feel pretty confident in my rating. Okay, I don't have I, a reason, as ask, usual. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I ask, do you feel that you have included or excluded the sexual assault storyline that was very... That I feel like would have made us quit the show if we were more, I don't know, better people. I did exclude it when I made yeah. the rating that I was confident with. I kind of feel like you have to. It's yeah. got to be a zero if if you include it. <laughs> it's got to be a show quitter if you include it. But it, we didn't quit the show. We watched the rest of it. And they gave us a scene so good that it won the Happy Award, even though it hurt a lot. So, okay. If we do that, then I think I have a rating. Okay. What's your rating? Um, my rating is an eight. <gasps> oh, thank God. Mine's an eight, too. Nice! Oh, uh, we have a complete agreement on rating. Play on K gives 39 an eight. Woo! I feel like we don't usually give the same rating. Yeah, usually there's... Rare. Yeah, we have to take the average between the two mm -hmm. to give the play on K rating. We did good. It's an eight. So, yeah. good for us. Good for yeah. us. So proud of it. everyone. Everyone here, Emily and Raquel, pat yourselves on the back. Done. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I liked it. I would recommend it, but it's definitely a vibe. I think people would have to be ready for uh You'd have to give them sort of um, a preamble on what the show's going to feel like and what your emotional state has to be like. Yeah. Yeah, you can't really do it the way we did it, where we just said, yeah, we like the cast. This looks pretty good. Let's try this. You've got to kind of yeah. know what's going on, I think, to really understand. Sometimes it's going to be slow, and that's okay. And it's going to really hurt at the end, but that's also okay. And there's I some parts <laughs> that are pretty tough. They're challenging, is the word we'll use. I think I thought the show was going to be the opposite of challenging. I thought it was going to be our chill winter drama that made us feel so good going into the new year. It was like very <laughs> slow, calm, nothing but good vibes. And instead it was slow, calm, nothing but heartbreak. Yeah, just constant slow heartbreak. <laughs> So just like let people know that that's what it that's what it's about. Okay, don't let yeah. them think it's nice and a good time. Yeah, because that's mean. It's it's good to watch in advance of moving back home to be much closer to my best friends. That's yay. That's good timing. Yep, we'll have we'll have our sincere relationship. You're my best friend, and you're very precious to me. Oh, you're my best friend, and you're very precious to me. And we got ten years left. And then <laughs> oh, yeah. one of us oh, has to God. Squid Game style. <laughs> Eat out of this world. <laughs> Maybe. You never know. Amazing. As the prophecy foretold. <laughs> You never know. Hopefully not. Fingers crossed. Hopefully not. Yeah. Now, <laughs> we can't. I've got, we've got to go. I've got to go. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Go. Somebody email us at playinkpodcast at gmail.com.
Yeah, check out our website with our affiliates and all of our episodes and uh, all of our cool links and stuff. The affiliates are Skillshare, where you can learn a new skill. We also are affiliated with NordVPN if you want to secure your internet presence and... If you want to look for some good, good K-dramas that might not be licensed in your region, but instead a different region. Uh, and then finally, Blueberry Podcasting, if you're interested in starting a podcast. If you do use that link and you start a podcast, uh, email us. Let us know. Tell us about your podcast. We will give it a listen. Yeah, and a shout out. We'd love to shout you out. And you can go to patreon.com slash playonk if you want to support the podcast and get our pre-show pre-ramble that Raquel briefly mentioned. There's just like an extended little little episode on on our Patreon for subscribers. So go check out that and all of our other benefits. You can find it at patreon.com slash playonk or through the link on our website. Yeah. Um, and then finally, uh, sort of finally, I guess we also do social media. Finally, for me, the last thing you'll ever hear from me <laughs> until the next time I talk, um, the very freest way to support us is to rate, review, or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps other K-drama podcast listeners find us. Yeah, you can find us on some social media platforms. I really haven't been active on any of them, but if you say hi, I'll say hi back. We are on Instagram at Play on K Podcast, on Twitter at Play on K, and on TikTok at Play on K underscore Emily. Yeah, I think and that's I, it. That's it. Uh, join us next week for our next drama, which I actually don't know if we have set. Oh, no, we got to get the patrons to vote on it. Okay, cool. So our patrons on Patreon are going to let us know what we're doing next, and then we'll let you guys know what we're doing next. See you next week. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Bye-bye.